Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to At the End of the Day, I'm Hannah Sung, and in every episode, I speak with friends who have stories and experiences that I like to learn from. Today's guests are people I speak to a lot every day because we are building a business together. Nanaba Duncan and Garvia Bailey are the founders of Media Girlfriends Podcast Company, along with me, and we started this company in 2020. And we are very passionate about the need for more perspectives and inclusion in the media world. Hi, guys. Hi, Hi. Hannah. (laughs) As if we haven't already talked for like (laughs) at least 5,000 minutes this morning and it's before noon. (laughs) So in today's episode, we're going to be talking a lot about our our lived experience and people can't see us. So Mm -hmm. I thought it would be nice to just kind of explain our identity a little bit. I'll go first. I'm Korean, so I'm an Asian woman, Canadian, and I grew up in an immigrant family. That's me. I'll go next. I am Ganyan with Ganyan parents. I was born in Ghana. I am a dark-skinned, juicy black woman, and I'm short. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you didn't even say your name. You're Nanaba. Oh, yes. My name's Nanaba. <laughs> That, that is also part of your identity. <laughs> yes, it is. My name is is definitely part of my identity. Yes. I'm Garvia, and I uh, was born in Jamaica and came to Canada as a very young child and grew up in very small town, Ontario, which is very much a part of my identity, as much as Jamaica is and as much as Toronto is. And I'm a Black woman, and uh Yeah. I love myself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think that was good because, you know, when we say sometimes we use a shorthand of like we are three women of color, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't quite get at all of it. Right. Agreed. Today, Media Girlfriends is a podcast company that prioritizes inclusion of marginalized voices. But Media Girlfriends began as a podcast that Anaba made by herself, literally at her kitchen table. Through that show, she built a community of like-minded journalists, many of us women of color working in media. But above all, she featured the voices of just people, regardless of gender or identity, who want to honor, respect, and center voices in communities that have been historically misrepresented in the past. And we want to have fun while doing this. Judging from our everyday I think it's possible. So today I've invited my closest colleagues to the mic so we can talk about how it is that they make work meaningful for themselves and for everyone around them. Here's my conversation with Nanaba Duncan and Garvia Bailey of Media Girlfriends. Let's start with introducing yourselves. I'm Nanaba Duncan. 
I'm the founder of Media Girlfriends. I started it in 2016 as a podcast. It grew, and now it is a podcast production company with Hannah and Garvia. And while the two of them are the main principals, I am an associate professor and the Cardi Chair in Journalism, Diversity, and Inclusion Studies at Carleton University. Yes. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> And I am Garvia Bailey, and I am a co-founder of Media Girlfriends. And I think I said it for the first time last week in a meeting, Hannah, where I was like, Hannah is my production partner. <gasps> I remember last week being in a meeting where I just said very honestly to these folks, uh, Garvia is the other half of my brain. So mm, you did you know, say that. Oh. Garvia, we didn't get to finish hearing about you and who you are. Oh, well, that's all I was saying, that I'm just that. I'm a producer. I'm a host. I'm Hannah's production partner. And yeah. Well, people know your voice from CBC Radio 1, from Jazz sure. FM, from Jazzcast, yeah. and also just everybody in Toronto knows you. If you walk down the street with Garvia Bailey, awesome. you are stopping to talk to everyone. I don't know. Those people are getting older and older. Some of them, they can't even look at me. <laughs> like They look at me and they're like, did we go to a rave together back in 80-something? What? Hey, listen, we are all getting older. And I have to say, I love this phase of life of getting older. Maybe it's this kind of energy of like maturing but this whole idea of making work more meaningful for ourselves is something that I think pretty much everyone is grappling with over the last couple of years, especially. And you both are so good at it. And your energy is infectious for me. So that's why I want to talk about this all together. Mm -hmm. Do you guys ever make space to stop and think about how you've gotten to this point where I know your work is meaningful to you and that every part of it matters and counts? Mm. Yes, I'm I looking do. at you. Yeah, I know you do. I do. Nanava. I do. But sometimes it, they feel like they've been slightly accidental. It's like a accidental slash intentional. So the first time I had time to really think about what I was doing with myself in my life, or in recent memory, is when I was in my second mat leave. And that was when Media Girlfriends was born. Like that was a major inflection point because I was really thinking like, what am I doing with myself? Oh my gosh. Like, what am I doing? I had a good job, but I was not satisfied with that job. And then I started to think about it. And then I created Media Girlfriends. And the last time would be during my time at Massey College as the William Southern Journalism Fellow. And it was then that I was not working every single week trying to come up with a show. And so I had given myself time to think about what it is that I want to do with myself. I've always been ambitious, but I think that I'm constantly honing, 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 honing what it is that I really want to do. When you said you had a good job, mm -hmm. but it wasn't enough, mm -hmm. how do you know how to describe that isn't enough thing? What is it? What are you looking for? You're uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I was uncomfortable. I found myself having moments where I wanted something. I could see that someone else had that thing that I wanted. And I knew in my, in my heart that rather than be jealous, which was where my ego wanted to go, I thought, no, go get it. Don't be jealous that somebody else is hosting something. 
go do the thing you want to do. I wanted to interview. I wanted to interview. So you felt that jealousy? Of course. I think it would be dishonest of me and for many of us to say that we never feel jealous when someone else has something that we want. Perhaps mm-hmm. other people are better than me and they'll say, no, I was just envious. But I'll admit it to you. I had jealous feelings. But at least I was I was mature enough to say, okay, that's nice. Thank you for expressing the jealousy, but that's not productive. What will you do? What will you do about it? Jealousy isn't productive, but it was a really great sign. Yeah. And maybe maybe somebody who's listening to this would say, well, no, maybe that wasn't jealousy. That was just like you were envious and then you channeled energy. Whatever it was, I felt discomfort. That's what it was. It was discomfort in what was going on in my life. And so I'm a person who has to do something about that discomfort. So first you wanted to, I guess you felt a little bit jealous when you'd see someone in a hosting role that you wanted to mm-hmm. be doing that kind of work. But then but then what? Because you you did land that. Yeah. And you did make the Media Girlfriends podcast and you did become a host on CBC Radio One with your own show. Mm-hmm. But and then what? Because you did move on. Well, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It was and then what? It was I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing that I wanted. I didn't see the opportunity. I tried to make it for myself. And then I did the thing that I always do, which is like I tell everybody what it is that I want to do. I ask them, how do I get it? And then I got what I wanted, but it still wasn't quite the thing. And then somebody kind of poked me and said, don't forget that you're also a leader. And I didn't realize that that was also a part of me. What do you think that person was doing when they were making that reminder to you? Oh, she was she was trying to make me see what she could see. That's what she was doing. She was just opening my eyes. She was pushing you towards the meaning of the work that you do. Mm-hmm. You know, in talking about meaning in this way, like I feel like our paths are almost opposite in a way mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I got into media because everything had to mean something. Mm. It had to have that intention, kind of a social justice lens. It had to be intentional. Whatever it was I was doing had to be intentional. Almost the craft of what I was doing was secondary to me, Mm. just as long as I was doing Mm -hmm. the work that I felt like. That is totally opposite. I was just go, go, go do the thing. Yeah. That's really interesting. Oh, I love knowing that. And then as, as I progressed in my career, what started happening was the craft and what I was doing. My meaning within it became secondary or foggy because Mm. now I was just doing stuff that everyone thought that I was really good at and you should do this and you should be better at hosting and you can do this and why don't you do this show? And the meaning was getting foggy for me. And that's when I started making changes to shift again, to question myself, what am I doing and for what purpose? Because I've always had a purpose-driven work life. And then I lost that for a while. The more success and the more money I made, the foggier my purpose became Whoa. for me, I, I think. Oh, I want to hear more about that. Well, I think it's it's true. Like I think the more successful I got, the more I felt like, and the more people knew my name, the less I was being true to the reasons why mm. I was in media to begin with. I didn't really come into media with the idea that people were going to know my name or I was going to be a host on a shows and people are going to hear my voice all the time. I wanted to be in service to other people doing incredible work. 
and I wanted to tell their stories. And then the more I got into the world of media and people were like, don't you want to be great at what you do? And I was like, oh, and I came home with that. And I was like, do I want to be great at what I do? Or do I want to celebrate other people that are really great at what they do and then be really, really good at what I do so I can do that? What was that person trying to get at? They were trying to speak to my ego in the same way that they would speak to their own ego, I guess. But my ego was kind of like not having it. I'm not precious about how people see me or being heard on the radio. But for a while, I got precious about it because people kept on telling me that's what I was supposed to be. And that's mm. the world I was living in. Mm. And then I had to really do a gut check. Like, what am I actually in this media world for? Mm. It's to tell great stories and to help other people to give them the platform to do that as well. And it's not about me being in front of the microphone and people hearing my voice and my thoughts on the weather and the <laughs> raptors and the, it's such an uncomfortable thing to be shoved into that hole where that's where your greatness is, you know, yeah. it's not. Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember at the Leadership Academy for Women in Media, you've done that and I've done it at Pointer. Do you remember the phrase balcony time? Oh, well, now that you say it. Because I think that's what you're asking for. What does it mean? I, it does ring a bell. Balcony time is if your work life is like the club and the dance floor, instead of being on the floor dancing, sometimes you have to go up to the balcony and just watch the dancers. Mm. And so we talked about balcony time there, and I've never forgotten it. And I still don't feel that I've checkmarked balcony time and the goals that I made after that. How do you do balcony time? You literally have to plan it. <laughs> like you have to say, I'm going to take this week off or this day off and nobody talk to me. And then you make a plan for what you're going to do during the mm -hmm. balcony time and then you do it. Mm -hmm. Don't ask me what it's like, though. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get off the treadmill and get onto the balcony for a minute. Yeah. Stop dancing. But you love dancing. But Garvia. <laughs> I feel like as as I'm listening to you talk, I feel like you're actually describing something that so many people go through, which is that they climb in their career and mm. then they get kind of further and further away from the thing that brought them into that world in the first place. Yeah. And this also reminds me that I kind of had that experience myself, like in my 20s until like I basically hit 30. I don't know why 30 and 40 and 50 and these round numbers become these major, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to to have some sort of epiphany at that age. But I started to think about how work and career were very, very different and how work is just something you do because people like to have a sense of purpose, you know, and sometimes that labor is paid and sometimes it's unpaid and Sometimes it's recognized and sometimes it's not. And sometimes we can love it and sometimes it's not great. Whereas career is what is on your business card and what you put on the LinkedIn. And also career is very, very ego driven, right? So that's just my long winded way of saying I really identify with what you're saying. And I wonder like what finally got you back on track when you said you were like ascending in your career, you kind of were less tethered to that thing that drove you all those early years. What got you back? 
Unfortunately, what got me back was a tragedy in my work world or my work world kind of collapsing underneath me through no fault of my own. And that is when I realized, I was like, what am I really here for? Like, why am I giving all so much of my energy to something that doesn't even feel good when it's good? Like, Mm. doesn't even feel good when it's good. Imagine how bad it feels when it's bad. But in this situation, to be very specific about your question, Hannah, it was forced on me to really do a gut check. Like, what is my next career move? What does it mean for me to be a part of media? These are the situations I will not find myself in again. My work and career will be one and the same, and they will be in line with my values Mm. from now until you guys are having a party at my funeral. That Mm. is what I will be doing. And just before we move on from your story, Garvia, like I want to acknowledge that I don't want to be cryptic for the people who are listening. So when you say the tragedy at work and things falling out from underneath you, it was like a Mm -hmm. terrible situation at Jazz FM that Mm -hmm. literally anybody could Google and lawsuits were involved. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like a toxic work environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that fair? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the whole place kind of imploded under that. There was a lawsuit involved that involved myself in the station and actually settling that. I'm going to be kind of purple about this, but get purple, baby. The universe works in some incredible ways because that was a really painful time. But then settling that lawsuit gave me the time and the security that I needed to just say, I'm not going to do this kind of work. I can figure out what the next stage in work is going to be. I have some time now. I've bought myself some time to figure that out. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Before we sign off from our conversation, I do want to like, I, I have been taking notes. You know me, because when we're having our yes. actual work meetings, I am the meeting minutes the person. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're the notes lady. And I've been taking a few notes because the beauty of having conversations with my friends for me is that afterwards I have things to chew on and I've learned from your wisdom. So I haven't gone through all your life experiences. But when you tell me your stories, I do feel like I'm learning. This is the way I like to learn personally. I would rather socialize and (laughs) hang out and talk. Then go to 100 panels. 
Yeah. And mm-hmm. also just like the books that tell you how to be more effective and successful <laughs> and et cetera, et cetera. It's like, these are not for me. I don't want to <laughs> read them. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Before we get to some of the takeaways that I have noted for myself from our conversation today, I just wanted to point out that, you know, all three of us have been hosts in the media where we are meant to use our voices. So I started in television. Both of you were in radio. And the discomfort that you can feel when you are being subtly nudged into a voice that's not actually your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in fact, sometimes you wake up and you you don't know where your voice is, although you use your literal voice every day at work. Mm-hmm. That was so weird, I have to say. And I stepped away from TV and I was like, I'm never going on TV again. Mm-hmm. You really said that, eh? I said that. I said that. And I don't want to paint my TV years in a bad light at all because they shaped me. They gave me lifelong friends. I had really interesting, unique experiences, but I could not handle the feeling of my voice not being my own. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to recapture it for a long time, but I knew that I couldn't be on TV because on TV, there are so many pressures. Like I have so much respect for anybody who goes on TV and is authentic and Mm. lives out their values and has fun. Oh my Mm. God. Just just those very basic things, hard to have all of those come Mm. together, right? So now I'm in my 40s and I feel like I do get to use my voice and I don't have to care about doing hair and makeup to just get mic'd up and then say something that's not even my own thing, right? Yeah. You know what was the most horrific about being someone that was on radio all the time is that we would have these things where you'd have to check in, you'd have to do like mic check moments with some senior producer or an executive producer who would tell you how you're doing. And I hated those so much because inevitably they would always say, you know, Garvia, we really want you to sound more like yourself. And then I was like, but you guys have been kind of beating myself out of me for a mil- like I like it was exactly that feeling that you were having Hannah mm-hmm. I don't even know what myself is anymore because every time I'm myself I get in trouble for being too much myself and then when I start talking to you about what I've been doing I'm being told you need to be more of yourself we like what what you are but you don't actually because you've been right beating there. it out of me for like all this time I walked the line of like trying to, I can, I can be honest with myself. I was trying to please someone else often when I was changing things and then also realizing, you know, I live my life at an 11 most of the time. And I realized (laughs) that I have been for many years been told to live at a seven because that's what other people could take. Mm -hmm. And when I made that realization, I got very, very angry, very, very angry. Because if somebody told my baby (laughs) that they should only be at a seven when they got 11 to give, it makes me want to explode. What what do you mean by that exactly? Like what's an example? An example is, hi, we really like you because you represent diversity in a way that we want to show. But when you try something that has to do with that diversity or 
intersects with someone else's diversity that is not your own, that's a bridge too far. Mm-hmm. So we like that you have a name that doesn't sound like other Canadians, <laughs> but we love that you don't have an accent from the country you're from. <laughs> we love that. Mm-hmm. We love that you can mention that you're from this country, but like, don't go too far. I didn't give you an example, but you mm-hmm. understand exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And what that says is like, it just erodes, it erodes your, it erodes your spirit in the end. And I don't want this to become a bashing sh- session. Rather, I would like to take uh, anyone listening from here to say that when you start to realize that that's what's happening, you need to make a move. You either leave. That's one thing. That's that may be extreme for some people, but you can also, I think now we're in a place where it's like, listen, this is why it's good for me to be at the 11 that I am. And maybe a 10, you know, like the 11 is what Hannah and Garvia gets. But it's important for me to be at this 10 for this reason and this reason and this reason. And if you don't want to accept it, that's okay. Just let me know. And I'll go somewhere where I can be my 11 and a half or 10 and a half. Yeah, man. And if you can't go somewhere, insulate yourself with a thick layer of friends. That's what I did. Which is how we started. Yeah. Or you just create something. Yeah. Correct. You create something you for did. yourself. This is what, mm-hmm. which is what we did, right? Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. said, if the world is not going to give me what I want, let me just make what I want. Can everybody give one one takeaway, one piece of advice that maybe mm-hmm. someone who's struggling with their work life right now, like what is one little guiding light piece of advice you would give if someone is trying to figure out how to make their work life more meaningful and to attach their values more closely to what they do every day? I would say be brutally honest with yourself. Be brutally honest with yourself about how you're feeling about where you're at and what you're doing. And in that honesty, know that know where your ego sits in that. Feel that thing where where something is feeding into your ego, but it might be kind of eating away at your spirit at the same time. Like I'm always consistently trying to gut check on that with, mm. with myself. And that meaning and purpose is, is never going to steer you wrong when you check in with it all the time, when you're always checking in with it. It'll always steer you towards the right decision. Mm-hmm. Nanapa. I think mine is an addition to that. With that being honest bit, write it down, write it down and make a plan. If you're in a place where it's like, I can't go anywhere. Like I need money. I need to feed people or I need to feed myself. I can't go anywhere. Like it's very nice for somebody to say that, oh, you just left. Not, not all of us can do that. I understand. So make a plan. Think about how much, how many more years can you stand this? And then what will you do after? Write it down. And then tell somebody or tell yourself and then hold yourself to it. Nanaba, you know the first time I met you, right? Do you remember? Of course I don't. <laughs> you don't? Okay. <laughs> of course I Let don't. Let me tell remember. you. My memory's so bad. <laughs> you literally take your own advice to heart because when you say tell everybody what you want to do, we met at that Mexican restaurant, Kitty Corner from the CBC. Mm-hmm. When Jennifer Hollett, our Malagro. mutual friend. Oh, yes, Milagro. Milagro. <laughs> Jen Hollett said, oh, I just met someone really nice who wants some career advice. And I was like, all right, let's go have lunch. And I met you, Nanaba. (laughs) And you said, 
how do I start a career at the CBC? And I was on my way out. So I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> You're like, girl, don't. <laughs> these, are, these are good nacho chips. <laughs> um, and, you know, just to be clear, it's because I could not get hired full-time permanent for the life of me. So I just had to move on, you know. But then the next thing I knew you were on the air and I heard you on the air and I was like, there she is. But like you literally, you mean it and you did it. You told people, you told me a stranger to you at the time, right? <laughs> and then telling people is kind of like how you write it down, quote unquote, but in public and how you make yeah. things happen. It's my way. Like I know that there are others among us who like, they need to keep that stuff close to their hearts. And that is also an okay way to be. It really is. But my method was telling everybody, and maybe partly because if I don't do it, others will be like, didn't you want to, <laughs> you know? It's your way of like maybe building in some accountability. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. But also when you say make a plan, like some people might counter with, but I don't know how to plan my career. But I love that you said, get your finances in order, plan all the things that you can plan so that if something does crop up, you're ready to leap, you know? So yeah. I love that. Yeah. That be ready. About planning. Yeah, be ready. Be ready. I want to say that my takeaway from listening to, to both of you is that when you're in your most painful moments at work, those are actually good lessons because Garvia, it's very inspiring when you say that the moment where you felt like your work slash career was kind of imploding and being destroyed is actually the time where you were able to recoup all your original vision. Mm -hmm. That's exactly it, Hannah. Like how powerful is that? It's beautiful. Yeah. Guys, will I see you in about an hour for another meeting? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Right? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You too. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for making the time for me. Oh, always. Hannah, congratulations on At the End of the Day podcast, At the End of the Day newsletter. Uh, the newsletter. You oh. are also just doing a thing. You have a plan and you're making it happen. And I want you to know uh, how proud I am of you for, for doing that. Same Z's. Naba. It's the best. Thank you. You're the best, oh. Hannah Sung. You guys are the best. <laughs> now it's like 45 more minutes of, no, you're the best. No, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to At The End of the Day. If you like what you're hearing, please share the podcast with a friend or give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. This episode was produced by Olivia Trono and me, Hannah Sun. Theme music for this show is a song called Commentators, written by Jeremy Singer and performed by Hank. At The End of the Day is brought to you by a team. Editorial assistant, Francis Kim. Newsletter editor, Laura Hensley. And if you are contributing to the Patreon for this show, thank you so much for bringing the show to life. And that includes the very first people to sign up to my Patreon last year. Jennifer, Linda, Andrea, Steve, Angela, and Phil. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can subscribe to my newsletter and find our Patreon link at endoftheday.ca. That's E-N-D-O-F-T-H-E-D-A-Y. 
This podcast is part of the Media Girlfriends Network. You can find out everything that we're up to, sign up for the Media Girlfriends newsletter, and keep up on how our Media Girlfriends scholarship is going. You can find all of that stuff and more at MediaGirlfriends.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.